You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, and uh, I'm joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. So uh, that music for Marvel fans is pretty recognizable. It is the theme from the TV show, all three seasons of Daredevil on Netflix. And uh, why go back in time, David? Well, Daredevil showed up in She-Hulk. Yeah, which now brings uh, well, we already had it a little bit with uh, with the Kingpin. Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, but now this brings uh, Mar- that the Marvel's Daredevil from Netflix right into the MCU. Um, which with the same everybody's actor. been waiting for. Exactly, because Daredevil was absolutely the Jessica Jessica Jones maybe a a close second, but Daredevil was the absolute best of those Netflix shows. I agree. I think, and I, and I still uh, think that the first season is still the best. Yes, it was just the from setting up the character to it just everything about it. It was just great. Yeah, it was just perfect. Yeah, and and they didn't make the mistake of killing off their villains. Nope. Thank God. (laughs) Because (laughs) TV shows and movies, well, more movies than TV shows, have a tendency to at the end the bad guy dies. You know, look at the the Batman from '89. He dies. Yeah, you know the Joker's dead. Well, well, I, I guess we're not going to get him in another movie. Not that they could afford Nicholson in a second one, but still. Yeah, but yeah, but the the, the thing is, is that you know, if you read the comics, you know the Joker never dies. Right. <laughs> but he did in yeah. that movie, and uh, he didn't die in Dark Knight, though, did he? No, he gets arrested. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he was supposed to be in. Batman, the third one, but of yeah. course he's dead. Well, the actor who the plays actor. him is really dead, yeah. so and they didn't want to recast. No, which you know is is that's about the only time it, it makes sense. But but then you don't want to. It's, let's face it, that'd be pretty grim if you kill off a villain in a movie because you know the actor who plays him is going to be dead before you do the next one. Well, that's yeah. That would, <laughs> I think, think your agent's like, yeah, you know, you might want to pass this one. Yeah, that's right. You know, this this contract requires you to really commit to the role. Yeah. <laughs> Method acting 2.0. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, you know, and, and we're, we're just about to deal with that because next month the uh, Black Panther sequel comes out. And, of course, its lead uh, character, the actor, died and they have not recast him. And we're waiting to see how they deal with that. And, in fact, it looks like from the trailers the movie is all going to be about... You know what does it mean for Wakanda to lose the Black Panther and its king? So, well, they, um, they that happened already in Civil War. That Black Panther dies, and then oh no! Well, in Civil War, he the the older Black Panther died, and then T'Challa took over, but now he's gone. Um, and it, for some reason, it doesn't look like. Well, we know that T'Challa in in the first one didn't have children, so he's got no succession plan. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to deal with his death, though. I wonder how they're going to show that he dies. Yeah. I, I would imagine it's going to be an off-screen one rather than, you know, seeing him crushed by a rock or something. But uh, I'm very interested in Namor. And they're leaning heavily into the winged ankles. L- yeah. The little wings on the ankles. 
Yeah, I remember. You know, I remember reading uh, Namor comics when I was, uh, you know, or seeing him in other comics. Obviously, when I was growing up, and and really thinking he was a very odd character because he just seemed to be so angry all the time. Uh, and one minute he'd be angry at one guy, and then he'd be angry at the other guy, and so he wouldn't be so angry with the first guy. And it was all very, very odd. And you just, you know, even as a kid, I I, I kind of want to say, you know, somebody needs to sit this guy down and give him some therapy because he's got issues. He does. Well, that's Namor, yeah. though. Yeah. Namor is neither a good guy or a bad guy. He, no, exactly. He's Namor. Yeah, but and I like that. Yeah, I there guess, was a time yeah. in the '90s they kind of brought him into more of a, uh, a a business leader, and that was actually interesting. And he tried to mm-hmm. play it straight, but at the end of the day, he's Namor, and he, he's you know he's what Aquaman probably should have been. Over well, in that, DC. that was that was always that was always the interesting thing is you know was he meant to be a, like a parallel to Aquaman or was he meant to be something else? Uh, uh, initially, he was a bad guy. Well, yeah. initially he was. See, that's the thing. He was in World War Two in the old old comic books with Captain America and Bucky. He was part of the good guys, the the invaders. Um, but he was representing Atlantis, which he was the king of. So there's your parallel to Aquaman. But my understanding is they're not going to call it Atlantis. They're not going to even refer to that in the MCU, which I think is a good idea. When you have Aquaman already in a pretty big movie, <laughs> don't, don't. That's the King of Atlantis. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, that's one of the. Uh, as a, as a kid, sometimes you, it was it was a little bit confusing. You'd be reading one story, and then you'd you'd be thinking, "Well, hang on a minute, I don't remember heavy lines," and you realize it was a, it was a different universe character. Yeah. That that was for me. It wasn't confusing. I understood the difference between DC and Marvel immediately. But I, I always thought Marvel was the ones that concentrated more than DC ever did on not just the superhero aspect, but the everyday life. Peter Parker yeah. always had problems. Mm-hmm. You know, he was worried about getting good grades, and when he got older, making rent, um, the struggles as you know his civilian identity was just as important, if not more so, because it really did translate to who he is as a superhero. I thought that was fascinating and interesting. Which is is one of the reasons why I think, you know, for I know you've criticized She-Hulk recently, but uh, I, one of the reasons I find the show interesting is it it's showing a take of, you know, what's it like to live as a superhero rather than just... Well, my criticism of She-Hulk isn't because of the character itself. The storylines, I should say, it's about the CGI is just so bad. And yeah, I, I hate I to keep harping on it because I think the stories are actually pretty good. You know, like we we started out with the Daredevil theme song because I think you and everybody else and me were very excited to actually see Daredevil make his. Well, I mean, he he kind of did. He was in Spider Man as Matt Mur- Murdock as a lawyer. Yeah, but. I, I guess the problem was, even then, we kind of worried that that was just like a cameo um, and you'd never see the character again. And, and you know, the cameo was as Matt Murdock. They could easily have retconned it and gone, oh, yeah, he's not he's not the daredevil in our universe, you know, or he's not the, the same Matt Murdock in our universe. Um, but he clearly fact- has to be because they, like you pointed out, and I didn't recognize it, I didn't catch it when I watched yeah. the episode, that they actually have that little bit of a refrain when he says he's daredevil exactly and so yeah this is and and kevin feige has said this he said if you 
he said going for, i think he said after spider-man he said going forward if you see daredevil uh in he said if you see daredevil in the mcu it will be play he will be played by charlie cox and he will be the same character who was in um uh in the netflix series so yes so everything exactly. that happened in the netflix series happens is continuity yeah absolutely which you know as as we've said has kind of already been established because we saw kingpin and it was the same guy um and um he's doing the same kind of stuff and it's it's clear that um you know, it was in impl- well certainly in uh, in hawkeye it was strongly implied that everything that happened in the netflix series had already happened so um so we we even get this little bit where in this series, uh, in the She-Hulk series, he says, oh, I'm Daredevil, and, and she seems to not know who that is. Yeah. Whereas you think Daredevil would be... But but, but I guess they're trying to f- riffing on the fact that they're now dealing in a universe, universe full of superheroes. Well, not only um, that, Daredevil didn't make the news and stuff much in the Daredevil series. It's not like reporters were swarming around trying to figure out who Daredevil was. Uh, the only yeah, people who really knew who Daredevil was was the bad guys. Oh, I suppose so. I suppose so. You know, it was never a big yeah. deal. But the but yeah. the the Netflix series of Daredevil is so good. We know that yeah. he's getting a new series. We also know yeah. that the Punisher is going to be in it, and it's the same Punisher. Yep, and also he's going to be in the Echo series, which is uh, the spin-off from the character introduced in Hawkeye. The uh, and and the, Kingpin's going to be the main bad guy in that. Which, yeah, because the funny thing is, the, the character Echo was, I, I thought it was the worst part of Hawkeye. It was boring. I didn't care about yeah. her at all. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, so so he's, he, obviously we've talked about this before, but we know that sometimes the MCU has a villain problem. Um, and I think I think part of it, to be honest, is the way they write the villains. Um, and the not not the performances, but sometimes just the writing of the villains is very just it's just generic. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't, I, and and with Echo, they really tried very hard in Hawkeye to invest in her backstory and her reason, motivation, and everything to do. It just didn't land for some reason. No, I you just know, I, um, I never bought that the actress playing the character was a badass. Well, I never I, bought I it. I did kind of get that, but the, for me, the problem was her motivation. She she's portrayed as as a very intelligent character, who has has risen up through the ranks and is running the uh, the tracksuit mafia, and she's you know she's in control. And yet the problem is, is there's a massive, massive gaping flaw in her logic about understanding what happened to her father and not being able to see that she's been played by Kingpin, uh, and. You just kind of... I think that's the problem for it. You just don't buy the motivations of the character based on the information that was shown on screen. And it was the same... And to be honest with you, it was the same with her... With her um, was he a brother or a lieutenant? Or, you, I, you know, know they never really established that. Yeah. I, but, I got the feeling the, at first that it's his, her brother, but then he acts like, no, they're not brother and sister because he's, like, in love with her or something. It exactly. Was, it was weird, uh, and they well, never say but what again, it is. That was part of the problem. It was weird. The relationship was weird. And also the way he behaved. Because one minute he's telling her, look, you know what? This is too... Why Why are you obsessed with this guy? Why are you going after this? You're threatening everything that we have in terms of our uh, business and our relationship to Kingpin and everything. And yet, on the other hand, at the drop of a hat, he's doing the crazy, crazy chasing the guy and, you know, 
um, dealing with the trick arrows and all of that stuff. And you just kind of think, well, hang on a minute, you just said, let's back off. And now you're going chasing him down the bridge and doing all the stuff. And, you know, it just did, again, it, it, it just didn't make sense. And, um, I, in fact, I remember read. I remember thinking during the Hawkeye series, you know, has this been messed with? Have they shot? Have they taken sequences that were filmed out of order and, and edited them a different way? And just this week, I heard that apparently that's what they've done with She-Hulk. That originally the running order of all because the episodes are almost standalone. Almost. The originally the running order of this was meant to be different, and you wouldn't have seen. Um, the training sequences with uh, with Bruce Banner until the middle of the season. Um, and, and you know what? When you hear that, you just kind of think, well, that's just the wrong way to do this sort of stuff. Yep. You, you know, we've talked before, sit down at the start, you have an arc that you go through at the end, and then stick to that rather than fiddle with it. Because it, however clever you think you might be editing, it doesn't hang together as well as it would have done if you were committed to the beginning to end story. Because that's how stories are meant to be presented did you see that uh marvel has come out now and said that the armored wars series on disney plus is now not going to be on disney plus and it's not going to be a series it's going to be a movie i get i read that and i worried me because this is the sort of thing we've railed at uh, at disney for doing with the star wars i you know, think and, uh, <laughs> i think this is actually a, a good news i think that they have such a strong story and that cheetle uh, quite honestly, I think he deserves to be a, the leading character in anything because yeah. he is a brilliant actor. I just oh, I, it, I love a, him. Didn't, hasn't, um, he, hasn't he won? A, didn't he win an Oscar for Hotel Rwanda? I believe so. Yeah. So, so well, got, but that's who cares? I mean, well, I, I'm tired of the actors patting actors on the back. And, well, you know, it, it, it's boring. It, who gives a shit? Yeah, but it it, it means he's definitely not B list or C list. If his peers have given him an award, that means they think he's a good actor. So that's yeah. kind of what you want. So I think with them going more towards the movies rather than just a you know a six episode Disney Plus series, I actually think that's a better idea. I think it's a knowing the story at least in the comic books, which are going to draw inspiration yeah. and change obviously a lot of things, and the repercussions of Tony's technology out there, and that he is. You know, trying to keep it in wraps because let's be honest, some of the stuff that Tony developed and created is very dangerous stuff. You know, he was an arms dealer originally. Um, I think that's a great concept. I think that you can get a little bit more mature and and better cinematography, and you can really focus on a core story rather than trying to. Uh, we got to split this out into forty-five minute episodes over six. You know what I mean? I think well, it's good. I, I think that I, they've got I, a great I, look, idea I, and they're going to run with it. I'm sure it's going to benefit from the bigger budget you get from a movie. Yep. Um, I think I, my concern in terms of the story is, you know, you, if you've got a, a tentpole two and a half hour uh, Marvel movie, so you lose at least 40 minutes of that to the action sequences. There's not a lot of room in that to develop the Armor Wars story. Ah, bullshit. And, and my, my concern is it's going to come across perhaps if it's not done well it might come across a little bit pat um you know if you look at do look at civil war uh, and also as well i think i think the problem is the concept the, the concept of the things they're exploring has already been done a little bit in the mcu uh, iron man 3 was kind of uh, addressing the same sort of themes and certainly uh, spider-man um Far from uh, which one? Oh, the names are very difficult. The one where he's in Europe, yeah, where he gets access to the 
you know, to the satellite system, and then somebody tries to steal it off him. It, it's almost a similar sort of theme. So, you know, I, I, I just, I, I, the problem for me is that I, I, going back to what I was saying, I worry when somebody has spent some time developing a concept, and then all of a sudden they say, right, we're going to do it completely differently. Oh, but the end date's not really changing. To me, that that kind of smacks of uh, perhaps a lack of confidence and, and, you know, limited time, which worries me because quality comes with spending time on it, you know? Mm, so we'll does see. it, though? Because I think the opposite is also true. You You have all this filler that doesn't contribute to the story at all, and it's boring. I mean, l- l- let's be honest. A lot of the what was the last Star Wars show? Um, why, why am I drawing a blank on Obi Wan? Half of there's a cut this guy put together where he got rid of a whole bunch of crap. It's like a two and a half hour movie now, and it's so. And I watched it. It's way better, way better. He got rid of all the crap. Everybody was like, "This is boring. I don't, I don't care about this character. This is stupid." And he just got rid of it all, and it was. It's way better. I mean, well, there, there, there's you know, a there's a saying of trimming the fat. Well, sometimes well, you, you know trim what? the fat, and and granted, sometimes the yeah. fat's where the flavor is, but still. Uh, and to stretch this analogy even further, yeah, sometimes you take if you if you take something that's fat and you exercise it, then the fat turns the muscle, and you end up with a much better product. I think the problem with these things is not that the filler is there. It's just that the filler will be fine if it was just better filler. Yeah? If it was just written better and it wasn't flabby. But I think the problem is is that a lot of these shows, and, it, you know, we, we this has been a problem since the streaming era started when you know you had a 10 season series uh, sorry a 10 episode season and uh, you feel like they you know they've stuffed on they put stuff in to just kind of pad it out because they want to get to 10 10 uh, 10 episodes a build to their climax from the like the seventh episode on and so you've got two or three episodes in the middle where there's just not a lot going on um the problem with that is that People have been writing drama for years, where well, since the beginning of the art form, where they were able to fill stuff, you know, the stuff that was on the screen or, or whatever, with with quality. It's just a case of just working hard enough at it and having the right people. I think the difficulty with some of these streaming season series is that they have a writers room of people who, some of them are very good and others aren't, and the very good guys work on the best bits, and then they leave everything else to the guys who aren't as good, and that's what you get. And to me, it's disappointing that Disney cannot, for these shows, cannot fill their writers' room with people who are good enough to do all the best stuff, and that means that everything comes up. It's just, you know, I, I think that's really what it comes down to. We're just talking about with their Hawkeye show, it was clear that the character stuff between Echo and the brother stroke love interest whatever was being dealt with by the b team you know and nobody was how many times have we heard in movies where somebody turned in a script and then they bring in a hotshot writer to polish it the polishing is really what needs to happen on some of these series yep. it's just not happening i agree and do you think it's more of a fault of they're trying to produce too much content or there's someone like kevin feige is just stretched too thin to really supervise I, this many scripts and you do you do have to wonder and also i suspect there's an there's probably an element of this if it's like saying well 
you know we've got we've got this project we've got this this long this time to do it we've already had a full team on it we're not prepared to invest anymore in making it better than it already is it's good enough i think part of the problem is that there are aspects of this it's good enough particularly when you're dealing with a genre where you've got the mix of the story and the drama together with these big action sequences and i think everyone goes well as long as the action sequences are awesome and the <coughs> lead characters are made to look awesome it's good enough you know maybe and and and, and it's interesting because um you know she hulk is uh, sometimes the problem there is even the action sequences aren't good enough because of that ropey cgi um yeah it comes across I, I, as bad yeah it's, most of the time i've got to be honest it doesn't i don't think it bothers me as much as it bothers you though there was in the 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 most recent uh episode the one where yeah the, it was the one where she the guy the uh the obsessive fan calls her to the restaurant and starts telling her about the wakanda spear yep uh and then and then you know he she realizes that he's just hitting on her again and and obviously there's going to be some sort of reveal that i presume that he's involved with the intelligentsia and is is you know behind the scenes maybe the bad guy but the thing is she gets up from the table um and she pushes the table against him yeah as as she as she walks out and it and it it was just appalling i mean it 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 looked it it stuck out so badly that piece of cgi (laughs) stupid cat need to push that cat away as well um it stuck out because it was so bad that i i actually thought i i wondered if that was never meant to be in there and somebody said they needed to put that scene in yeah it because was it was bad. it was really bad and the thing is i'm look i'm looking at i'm thinking that bit of cgi was completely unnecessary they could have had the character they could have had she hulk just walk off go oh my god i can't believe it and leave there was no need for her to do that well, um, she and, and so at the end of the day. Well, well, yeah, but you don't need to show it all the time. We 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 all kind of bought into it. I think part of the problem with She Hulk is that sometimes they're showing too much She Hulk. <laughs> yeah, we know she's the She Hulk, and most of the time when she's just sat talking to people, the CGI is adequate. Um, it's not normally that too too bad. I don't actually. Think... I think it is because that's the parts that I don't like the most. Because well, uh, that's you're getting where the I say... uncanny valley. It doesn't it doesn't yeah. track well with the rest of the scene. Her eyes yeah, don't I, work. They move independently every now and then. It's the cloth yeah, doesn't fold correctly. There's the the lighting yeah. isn't right. It's it's just bad. It's just well, bad uh, on on that... all of it. That doesn't bother me. I kind of seem to be able to see past that more than you do, and I, and that that's fine. I, you know, whatever bothers people, whatever bothers people. It it would be much better if it was better. Um, but I think part of the problem with this show, if there is a problem with it, is that like you say, if the CGI and the effects are detracting from the story, then that's not a good idea. Um, and and I think they show her as She Hulk too much. I agree. Um, you know, I I just don't understand. They they kind of put it they kind of put it in the story. Oh, you know, in the office she's always got to be She Hulk. But there are times she's sitting as She Hulk. You just think, well, why is she even doing that? Right. Um, and actually, given that the whole theme of the story they're trying to present is that is that in some respect she doesn't want this. She didn't want to become this, and she kind of resents part of uh, of the way people see her as She Hulk. And to me, it would be more interesting if she spent more time as as uh, not as She Hulk, but as as Jennifer Walters. I, I agree. I've with got you. to be honest. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I know. I know you didn't like 
uh, the the middle episodes, like from the wedding onwards, and then the one. It one just off. didn't I contribute actually, anything to the storyline. Well, I, I think I think well, they first of all they kind of called that out, and secondly, I I think actually towards the end, though, you see it has contributed a little bit. I kind of enjoyed those as, you know, I just like the fact that that they took time to do some different stuff, and and I actually thought. When when you see her go, like let's take the uh, the one after the wedding episode where she goes to the, uh, the abominations retreat. No, see, I yeah, thought the ther- that was by far, yeah, maybe with the exception of the Daredevil episode. I think that was the best episode so far. Exactly, yeah, because when and when she not, gets the she's call, not you she Hulk half the time. Yeah, exactly, and also not only that as well, it because it twisted our expectations. Could we expect? We all expect her to go up there and find that the whole retreat thing was just a bull that he was giving her to get out of prison right we and you get up there and you find no he's completely been completely on his straight up and you know he, instead of being a, a super soldier who turns into a monster and all that sort of he really generally now wants to help people get through their problems it's it, you know and then you have obviously the, you know, the a, a great a great trope to take a lot of these kind of C and D list villains from the comics, yeah, and turn them into characters who are all trying trying to deal with their problems. I thought it was really well you, done. You know what I thought uh, was funny was, and and they did exactly what I was thinking. Porcupine doesn't take his costume off, right? Yeah, and I, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, I bet he just reeks in that thing. I bet <laughs> I bet if he took it off, it would smell so bad. And then he takes his mask off, and they're like, oh my god, yeah. it stinks so bad. Yeah. I thought that I, no, was that was great. Yeah, I th- I thought I thought it was it to to kind of mess with the audience's expectations and then turn it into into therapy for her. Yes, Eve, Eve, you know I thought it was clever. Yep. I really really I really enjoyed it. And I've got to be saying, even when this sh- the wedding episode wasn't great, but even then I I still kind of enjoyed it. For for me, I think the thing with She Hulk is that even when it's not great. It's charming enough that that I it gets away with a lot of it for me. I, so, I know you probably think I don't like the series. I actually do. Um, I I like it a lot. I, I, it's just hard for me to get past the bad CGI. Yeah. But when yeah. I can, I enjoy it. I thought the I, episode I, with Daredevil was great. I liked how I I, th- I thought it was by far the best, pretty much the best episode they'd done. Yeah. Um, I, and I thought, I know a lot of people have been complaining online this week that, oh, you know, Daredevil's so grim and he's been through so much and it seems weird to see him so lighthearted and joking and that sort of thing. And I'm there thinking, the guy's, almost, this is almost like a vacation for him. Exactly. Yeah? He's come out to LA, yeah, Um it, it, you know, he's not dealing with stuff that's going to affect his, his life. He's helping out a friend. Um, and I thought the way they portrayed Daredevil in this as it, it's the best of Daredevil from the, from his old show, where you know he's he's absolutely kick ass at everything he does. Yep. The in fact, I almost enjoyed the fact that he was so much better in court than she was. Oh yes, 100%. you know it's like he comes in and he just rules the place. Yep. And you think, yeah, that's that that's the Matt Murdock we kind of want. And then of course, when you see him as Daredevil, I, I'm. Not really bought into the gold costume either, but I know it's a comic thing. But I've got to be honest, I thought the uh, 
the way he portrayed himself there against her, you know, she's going, oh, I'm just going to go. And, it, and he, he knows who, where everyone is. He knows how he's going to deal with it and everything, you know. And then they even do that callback to that famous hall fight scene right. that he had in the first episode, in the first season, where you think, oh, he's going to, you well, he know, he's going to really they've absolutely done it kick a ass. Times, actually. Yeah. And, and then she just drops down through the ceiling and flattens him. I just thought it was brilliant. I did um, too. And yeah, and I, I thought the. I th- I thought the romance angle between the two was natural. It didn't feel forced. I loved um, his walking out of her apartment in the morning. He's barefoot carrying his boots. That was yeah. so good. That yeah. uh, that to me made the entire episode. I was like, yes, because you don't ever yeah. see that. You never see that. So that no, I thought I, that was great. Yeah, it was. I, I I yeah. As I said, I thought it was the um. You know, it was one of the best. It, probably the best episode of the entire oh, season so yeah. far, and and well, it, therapy I really, was really and, good though too. Yeah, but I I think I think what I like is that they're really you know when we're obviously we're in the end point now where they're ramping up to the climax of the season, and again this is when you start thinking, well, I wish it could have been this good all the way through. Yeah, you know, too much filler. Um, when don't well, you think yeah, it would have made but, a better movie with better CGI and same story, just you trim out a whole bunch of the fat. And it would have been just a movie, but way better CGI. Well, the reality of, of um, the reality of now is that is that they are trying to find this balance between doing the movies and the TV shows. Right. The TV shows bring eyeballs to these streaming services, and that's incre- extremely important. Yep. From my point of view, I know what you're kind of saying, but from my point of view is, at the end of the day, if we're getting more content, and we're getting a hell of a lot more content than we used to with these big breaks between the movies. I'm kind of all in. I've got to be honest. I, you know, I'm having a ball. The fact that I there's too much stuff for me to watch at the moment. Yeah. I've got to, you know, be constantly catching up. You know what I've been and, doing and I've, lately? I haven't been catching up at all. I, I'm still one episode behind on Andor. Um, right. Well, me too. I haven't seen the the latest yeah. one. Um, but that has been a series that's been just so good. It does not feel like Star Wars. It does. But it doesn't feel like Star Wars. Uh, well, it's exactly what we what we loved yep. about the first season of The Mandalorian. Exactly. It's set in the Star Wars universe, but it's not weighing it's got itself down. some familiar down. things in there that you <laughs> yeah. can... There's a TIE fighter and those are Stormtrooper helmets. Exactly, and, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, not, it's not weighing itself down, Correct. serving the canon. Yep. Which is which is what a lot of these shows do is is you know they they're enslaved to the canyon that they're revol- revolving around the sky. Funnily enough, I watched um, I watched the Last Jedi again last night. It was on TV, um, and um, so bad. Well, yeah, yeah. I, it's again, it's one of those films where bits of it are great. Yes, but I you agree put with it that. all together and it's awful. <laughs> you know, um, horses um, and starships. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Andor is what I've been asking for for ages. You know, we, as as you've heard me say before, it's like why not? Why don't we see what else is going on in this universe rather than revolving around the big stuff? I know that and Andor is supposed to be pretty long, isn't it? Uh, apparently, yeah. Apparently, it's going to take us right up to the beginning of Rogue One. It's going to show that entire story. So it has in two seasons at least. Yeah, so it's got five years to cover. Um, and there's a lot of stuff to to, to happen. I, I um, really like the acting on the show. Um, I, I I like that I don't know where it's going, even though I know this character is eventually going to die, getting the Death Star plans to the Rebels. But how they're bringing him in, how they're making him a Rebel, um, how they're showing his childhood, how he got 
basically kidnapped in a way. Not really, but yes. Um, yeah. This woman just takes him. I'm like, she doesn't know if he has a family and it's just a kid. She's like, I can't leave him. We're taking him with us. Really? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. It's so good. You know, the actress who plays her, they they made her look older in the current, but she really looks yeah. like she does when, you know. Yeah. The acting is just fantastic. I thought that from the previews, the corporate security guy, the main bad guy for yeah. a while, he yeah. was just going to be this cardboard cutout. Oh, we've seen this a hundred times. No, he was very interesting. I thought his character well, was great. But again, this is this goes back to what I'm saying. We, I've been dying to see more about this universe with the ordinary guys. Yep, me too. You know, and here you have now, they've taken a guy who, yeah, is is looks like he's going to be your typical faux imperial villain. Obviously, faux imperial because he's not really imperial, even though he's got the English accent, and the uniform, um, and uh, just be your standard uh, kind of like General Hux was in, exactly in in the yep. in the final ones where he's just bad. And you just, you know, and instead we're, we're, we're understanding, you know, this is a guy who's trying to live up to some expectation that he's created in his head and he's frustrated because he's very straight laced and he can't deliver. Uh, and, and well, it, he's it, inexperienced. I mean, two yeah, of the people but, die and he's the only one that seems to take this serious at all. Yeah, so he exactly. gets this team together. They're going to go after the murderer and it couldn't yeah, go worse for him. Exactly, he screws it up. Screws but it up this is your, this is your typical. I mean, you you hear about this a lot in the military. This is why often in the military people don't like officers. They go to officer school, and they come they come to a unit and they think they know everything. And they're, you know, you must comply with the orders and you must do this. You must do it by the book and everything. And all the guys are really know what they're doing. Go, oh, you know, this guy's a bit of a dick. But we we change the command. We've got to do what he says. Yep. You know, and uh, and it's an it's an old story, but yet. Yeah, it feels but it's, fresh. It, it does. It's well portrayed here, and and you know, obviously, we then get to see him go home and and deal with his family. So we're getting a level of depth you just don't normally get, right? Um, and this is what I love about this show is that because it is taking this, um, even though it's gonna, it, it's it's when I say it's not serving the canon, it's obviously it has to because he ends up well, as part of the resistance. Yeah, but he he ends up as part of the rebellion, so he's going to end up as we go on, being much, much closer to the the big events of, of the Star Wars universe. Well, he gives so his wife not... for plans exactly. that you yeah. see come to fruition um, with Luke Skywalker and the Force. Yeah. But the journey going there is going to show us much more of this universe. And, and it's, it's going and to show us more of these, more it, of these interesting characters. I, I want to know, you know, how does... The guy who, how does, um, you know, Luthen, the guy who's who's bringing him in, how does he go from being, you know, a, a faux art dealer to being oh, one of the so backbones of the resistance? So I know. well done. Yeah. You it, know. It, and there were so many little Easter eggs in there, too. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it was just, I, I can't say enough about Andor. They, and yeah. I feel like they gave creative freedom. To the people who really had an idea, like we want to make this show and this is the theme and this is the setting and, you know, the atmosphere and this is not Jedi's. This is not, you know, space battles and X-Wings and stuff. Exactly. I just hope that we don't get 
what we've been getting with not not so much with the Mandalorian, but with Boba Fett. Yes, which is which is if you look at those shows, you had two seasons of the Mandalorian, then Boba Fett, right? You look at that, and you can see the corporate influence coming in. It's like, oh, you've got to have more of the thing that we think is really popular. Um, you've got to bring it closer to the canon, right? And and I I think particularly with Boba Fett, the whole thing kind of reeks of corporate interference and you know oh you've you've got to make it more star warsy no i didn't get that uh, and, from and, boba fett i got that what i got from boba fett was we finally get to play with boba fett let's do it without having a clear plan of what that means and who that character is that's what i felt yeah. like i was it's well, i but but i i think i think the problem is when they didn't have that idea they then said okay well let's try and fit it closer into oh i agree with that part of it the, but i don't think that was corporate i think that was the creatives they they got well, permission to do it and they went ahead and did it before they had a really solid plan which they had with the mandalorian i mean you can't I, I you just, can't deny that the mandalorian season one and two and parts of season 2.5 which is boba fett was yeah. well done and oh, no, we I'm had not, I'm to not, resolve I'm, a lot of this stuff. It's, I I have I'm no not, problem with. I'm Luke not arguing and, that, but you know, you know that that the 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 faux Luke stuff I thought was well overdone. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah, and um, and I, I, it's that sort of stuff where I start feeling like you know, again, we've taken something that was fine on its own, and we're kind of jamming more Star Wars into it, and and I think that's my concern is that when it, when I see that happen, I just just start wondering, well. Was it just the creative? Did were they really desperate to do more Luke Skywalker, or was somebody going? You know what? That was so brilliant. Let's do more of that. I, you know, I want an episode where we do more of that. So much so that Boba Fett basically got yeah, as you say, two, uh, Mandalorian two point five. They basically did a whole completely different episode of a di- different show in the middle of somebody else's yeah. show. I I can't help looking at that and thinking. Was that all the creators, or was that somebody saying, you know what, it'd be really great if we uh, brought Grogo into uh, and the Mandalorian back into this, and you could do it this way, and we could have more you Luke got, Skywalker. You have to wonder on. about it because it just didn't fit at all. No, no, exactly, yeah. So. And and I I really hope that season three of the Mandalorian is not more of that. I really want it to the continue previews to be look its good. Own thing. I will say the yeah. trailer for it, the, the whatever you want to call it, looks really good. Yeah. Um, I, as long yeah, as they, I could make, I can make almost anything look really good in a two-minute trailer. Yeah, exactly. I, as long as they focus on the on Mandalore and what it means that he's got the dark saber and and him fighting for Mandalore, it looks like that's that, where they're that, going. Yeah, as long as they stick with that, and there's no sudden cameos of um, Han Solo things from things from the original trilogy. Yeah, exactly, Han Solo or the original trilogy or anything like that. Then I'm down with it. I'm even prepared. You know, if if Ahsoka comes back as a lead into her series, then that's great as well, right? But what I don't want to see is more of the original the original Star Wars trilogy jammed into this show. It doesn't need it. It's not necessary. And that's what's great about Andor is that it demonstrates that you can work in this universe and you can have elements of it and you can go to a place which ultimately is going to join, you know, the, the main canon tree or whatever. But you can do it in a way where you don't need to stuff things in that aren't necessary um and uh, you know i yeah i'm i'm really loving the Andor show it's um i you know i said to alexander um my son i said uh have you watched Andor yet oh no 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 i haven't, I haven't got around to it yet he's not as big of a star wars fan as as i am he, he loves the mandalorian though and i said you need Cole's to watch the, the Andor. Be- 
Yeah, you need to watch Andor. I said it's great, and he binged it, and he loves it. Yeah, I think Cole would too, but he is. How can I put this? Um, he's he's been playing a lot more video games and stuff lately, but he's also got the Boy Scouts, and he's in the band. Yeah, yeah, Um, no, he's getting to that. He's getting to that age when you know he's got a lot of calls in his time. You know, I I asked him. You know, do you? I, I wasn't asking if he was gay because I know I. I wasn't getting that vibe from him at all. He's like, I like yeah. girls, Dad. But what I was really asking, are you interested in girls yet? Because yeah. he never seems to talk about girls or anything. Yeah. So I was wondering. I, th- I'm. I think he's got a girlfriend. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah. The, the, he went to the um, homecoming dance last night. Right. And okay. I got pictures of him and his girlfriend. So I'm thinking yeah. this is why he hasn't been spending a lot of time with me watching some of these She-Hulk and, yeah, and Star got, Wars, and I kind of miss my teenage interests. Yeah, I'm missing yeah. my nerd buddy. Yeah, I'm like man, I, I really want to watch this with him, but he's like, Dad, you can go ahead and watch Andor. I'll watch it eventually on my phone at lunchtime at school. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a show that you really want to want to watch on a big yeah. screen, but. You know what? What are you gonna do? I remember when no, I was fourteen. Yeah, that's it's, it's you know they all of a sudden kids discover social lives and um, all of that, and and they, they you know they're growing up, and, yeah. and unfortunately, part of the growing up is that is that not because they don't want to spend more time with you. They don't. They, I, I, well, I think I think they just it's just lower down their priority list. Yeah, but they that's don't. All it is. It's mom and yeah. dad. They they want to go hang out with their friends. They want to, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I had, I'm happy I, had for... I had this. I I had this yesterday. I went to pick pick my daughter up from drama. She does drama on the Saturday afternoon, and you know, I I go and pick her up from outside the door, and the car was parked across the road, and you know, I I tried to take a hand as we crossed the road, and she didn't want oh, to hold no. my hand anymore. What are you crazy? <laughs> you know, she didn't we want have... to, and not because not because she didn't want to hold my hand as we crossed the road, it's because I think she was concerned that some of her friends coming out of drama might see. Yeah. You well, know, of course. And, and she's she's at that same age as Cole, you know. She's 13, uh, 13 and a half, and she's, you know, she's uh, suddenly more conscious of uh, how things look when she's when she's uh, with in front of her friends as she is versus being with her parents. Next you know? week, Sunday, um, we may be skipping Tech Fan, not sure yet. Um, we have the first Robertson picnic here. It's October right. on our deck. We're going to have... But all my kids are going to be here. And, yep. you know, our older girls, Rachel and Brittany, both have a long-term living with boyfriends. I don't know if any of them are engaged. If they are, they haven't said anything. With them both for years now. They're both right. named Michael, which is helpful. Uh, <laughs> uh, Felix is coming and bringing his girlfriend. And Cole uh-huh. wanted to know if he could bring the girl i told you about earlier so it's going to be weird (laughs) all my children are in a relationship with someone yeah but this is outside of grandparents holiday it's just a nice little cooking you know lunch 12 to noon um on the deck underneath the you know it's going to be nice we're gonna gonna get the uh, cornhole which i think is the worst named thing in the world but it's fun you know break that out and just have a good time and uh, mm-hmm. 
I'm looking forward to it. So that's next week. We may skip tech fan. If I got a lot of stuff to do in the morning, I may say, eh, yeah, it's, it's hard to concentrate on something like that, but tech fan, uh, the next one, we do have a couple topics already. I got a new monitor coming supposed to be delivered today. Um, but it puts me in a bind because I really like my 27 inch monitor. I think I'm going to replace my Mac with a Mac studio and run mm-hmm. two separate monitors. This 32 I've got coming in here in this 27, but I also, which is the first time in many, many years, I replaced my, uh, my mouse with the logic tech. And I want to talk about that on the next episode because, Oh, great. Tim's going to talk about a mouse. How exciting. No, it, it actually is very interesting. So, Next week, we've got those topics and some other ones. If we do it next week, if not, it'll be in two weeks. Okay. Sounds good. I will see you in a couple weeks, David, most likely. Take care. Bye.